How many know that God is good all the time? That's right. Amen. It's great to see everybody here today, and uh, I'm happy, happy to be enjoying the weather we've had this last weekend. Wow. Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. So glad you're here, and we are going to be wrapping up the last part of our different series. Um, we definitely had some takeaways from this one, right? Um, we've got some phrases that we've been using around here as a result of <laughs> Pastor Scott's first, first message about this, the way we live, just giving people some space. You can do better. That was the phrase that kind of stuck throughout the course of the last few weeks. So we talked about the way we live, being different that way. We talked about being different the way we love. We talked about being different the way we give. And today, we're going to talk about being different the way we talk. Now, I'll just go ahead and tell you this right now. <laughs> right now. Everybody's got a target. <laughs> There's no way to wiggle out of this one. This is just where we live. And uh, we, when we unpack this today, you'll see that it's... It's not so easy. I say this all the time around here. Coming to Christ is super easy. Did not make it difficult. The plan of salvation is easy. Easy, easy, easy. Following Christ, different story. You have to work. <laughs> because there's a lot of us in here that has to change, right? And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. So today is no different. We're going to really need the power of the Holy Spirit to, to work on this, this part of us, and that's being different how we talk. How many of you have heard this statement, especially as a kid? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Have you heard that statement before? It is a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. I don't even know why they came up with that because it's just so wrong. It totally sets the wrong principle, the wrong mindset. Everything's wrong about that statement. There's nothing true about that statement. In fact, you can probably recover from a stick or a stone injury quicker and easier than you can from a, heard, a, a word that's spoken in, in, from a dark place or a harsh place. And so we know that that's not true. And so we're going to talk about the power of words today. And it's my opinion that it doesn't matter how tough someone is and how much they act like it doesn't matter what people think. Words affect everyone. They affect everyone. And so um, there's a, there's a passage in scripture that was written, it's in Proverbs, written by King Solomon, who was renowned for his great, great wisdom. He wrote this, he said, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. And oftentimes we just, we give our words little or no thought and out they come. You know, we often joke and say, well, I just don't have a filter. Well, maybe we need a filter because when those words are released, you can't pull them back. You know, they're, they're out. You can't, can't rewind them. You can't Pretend like you didn't say them. You can spend a lot of time recovering from, from that. If you say it to your spouse, a lot of penance and a lot of flowers and a lot of gifts and a lot of <laughs> trying to get out of what you just said. But you cannot pull back those words. And it's hard, to, it's hard to wrap our head around what King Solomon wrote when he said that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Really two things I want you to, to grasp from today. It's how we talk to ourselves and how we talk to others. It's very simple. How we talk to ourselves and how we talk to others. Uh, I, I read this quote. Pretty powerful. Don't mix bad words with your bad mood. You'll have many opportunities to change a mood, but you'll never get the opportunity to replace the words you spoke. Maybe we could just end it here. I don't know. That's pretty, pretty bold, pretty true, very true statement. You can't undo it. So, so as we're setting the foundation today, 
in, in being different in the way we speak. I want to give you some, uh, some context to help you understand the importance of, of words that are spoken from a spiritual concept. There's power in the words we spoke or we speak, and, and it's important that we understand that. I want to also set this, the proper expectation today that this message is not about the power of the human spirit. It's not, this is not a power of positive speaking and a power of positive thinking message that if you say it good enough, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, and keep checking your bank account. If you don't do something, you're just not going to be a millionaire, right? <laughs> so it's not about that. It's not a mind over matter thing. It's not just a physical action. I, I want you to understand that there's a spiritual dynamic that happens whenever we speak words, especially as Christ followers, especially as people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, our words matter. Our words carry significance and our words carry weight. And that's what we're going to talk about today because true life-giving speech is something that can only come, I believe, from a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God is the creator. He is the one that speaks true words of life. And Satan is the opposite. He is the author and he, of confusion and death and darkness and words that come from that place wreak havoc in people's lives. And so it's important that you understand it's not just kind words that you say. It's where it's coming from within you. We're going to unpack that a little bit today. The Holy Spirit living with us makes a difference. And, and, and two weeks ago when we talked about loving like Christ, that was a tough one, right? Loving like Christ does. We're different by how we love. You can't really love like Christ unless you have Christ on the inside. You can't really speak words of life unless you have Christ on the inside. It's the difference maker. Now, now because we're created in the image of God and because we are his, his handiwork, speech matters whether you're a believer or not. I believe those things happen. People that, that have focused on positive speaking and thinking, there are positive results that come from that because those are principles that God established. But what I want you to understand today is when you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, it's a different ballgame. You're empowered to speak words. So step one before you go anywhere today, you've got to be born again. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the thing that changes the game, right? When we're born again, we're saved. Our life is different, and that's what makes us different, not just because we decide to be a little bit better. There's something at work on the inside of us making us who God created us to be. So I've got several scriptures I'm going to walk with you uh, through with you today. So it'll be on the screen. We'll work together. We're going to start off. I want you to understand the spiritual impact of words. Got it? Look at your neighbor and say this is important. Pay attention. All right. Romans chapter 8. Uh, Romans chapter 10, rather. Romans chapter 10. Paul writing here, this is, this, there's so much power in this few verses. It's just incredible. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we proclaim. Watch this. If you declare with your mouth, that is a statement of fact. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is an if-then principle. If you speak this and you believe this, salvation is yours. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. Got that? It's with your heart that you believe and are justified. But watch this. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. In other words, you can believe in your heart, never profess with your mouth, and no one's really going to know you're a Christ follower. No one's going to really know that you have a relationship. There's something powerful 
about verbalizing those words, confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Something about the action of speaking those words into space that make it so much so that the author here draws a distinction that having it in your heart is not enough. What finishes the job is when you speak the words out. So the words that we speak carry a lot of weight, uh, especially when they come from a heart that's full of faith. There's spiritual power and significance in the word. They say, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6. He was talking and he said this. He said, a good man brings good things out of the good that is stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And here it is. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. How many of y'all know those situations, right? Watch this. You know, you know this, you know how this goes, right? One of those snide comments that's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> oh, I was just kidding. I didn't really mean that. I was being silly. What is the saying? There's a little bit of truth in every one of those uh, jokes or jabs or teases. There's an underlying measure of truth. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If we unpack that for the next 10 minutes, we got a lot of homework to do pretty much the rest of our lives. (laughs) Because when we start hearing things we're saying, the question needs to be asked, is my heart really full of that? You know, we say a lot of words over the course of a, of, of a day, and a lot of things come out of our mouth, and oftentimes we don't put any weight behind what we say. Words just come out. We just say things. We don't really give it much thought. But if we evaluated things we say against that statement right there, what would we say or what would we start saying or perhaps what would we stop saying because we don't want our heart full of some of the things that come out of our mouth? Jesus said this, pay attention to the words people say, and you're starting to get a picture of what's inside those people, right? Words are important. There's power in the tongue. James, one of my favorite books of the Bible. I love this passage or this book of the Bible because it is so practical. This is the half-brother of Jesus, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. This guy wrote some stuff that is just where we live. James chapter 3, verse number 2. We all stumble in many ways, okay? I'm with you, James. I'm following you. I agree with that 100%. We all stumble in many ways. Watch this, though. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. So for all of you that think you're perfect, (laughs) anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, and they're able to keep their whole body in check. This is crazy. This is crazy talk. If you're, you're, so what James is basically saying is if I can control this, I can control everything here. If you have a discipline problem, chances are you have no control of this. Right? Because he says if you want to be perfect, if you can control this in every situation, you're up there in the perfection realm. You're up there controlling every part of your body because you can control this in here. When we put bits in the horse's mouth and make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are very large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. If he was writing this in modern times, I would use 
uh, an aeronautics example, because it's amazing to me that a massive jet flying at Mach 3 can turn simply by a small uh, tail fin that just twitches a little bit, right? That's what he's saying. That small thing can create such a difference. Likewise, he says, this guy was bold. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Right? Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Maybe you watched the fires through the course of last year in California, South Carolina. They had some big fires, and, and it's amazing the devastation, and they'll sometimes trace it back to someone tossing a cigarette out a window. So a small spark just consumes acres and acres and acres of forest. He says the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Again, he's saying it again. He's underlining it. He's highlighting it. He's saying this right here controls this right here. What we say, the words we speak, it says it sets the whole course of one's life on fire. I'm telling you, words matter. Things we speak carry weight. They have impact on other people's lives. They have impact on our lives. The words we say matter. He says that it'll set the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Obviously, he's talking about a negative context here, how the tongue can wreak havoc. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. (laughs) No human... That's why I told you at the beginning. Without the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we can all go home and have our roast because we're never going to get this one nailed down. (laughs) But with that power of the Holy Spirit, we can make something happen. He says it's a, rela- it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we can praise our God and Savior. And with it, we can curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Rewind back to Pastor Scott's he can do better message. Right? They can do better. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. Now, he paints a great word picture here. He explains it there. I don't have to explain it again. I don't have to try to unpack this scripture to you. It's plain English. The tongue controls the trajectory of our lives. What we say carries weight. It carries a, a slip of the tongue is, is, can be devastating to your life because you cannot retrieve words that are spoken. So I told you there's two areas, speaking to yourself and speaking to others. So speaking to yourself, how many of you have flown in here? How many of you have been on a commercial airline? Then you have seen the airline attendant stand in the aisle as you're taxiing down the runway and they tell you how to put on your vest, and they tell you to read the placard, which nobody reads, so when there's an accident, no one knows what to do, <laughs> but we go through the motions, right? They tell you all these things to do, and then they get to the oxygen mask, and they tell you how to pull the rubber strap and put it over your head, and they also tell you the little bag does not necessarily inflate, but oxygen is still coming, don't worry. So it tells all the things. But what they tell you is, if the oxygen mask fall from the plane, you've probably heard this before, as an adult, if you're traveling with a child or someone that needs care, you put the oxygen mask on first before putting it on your child. Well, how rude is that? Well, there's a reason for that. The reason is if while fussing over your child, you run out of oxygen, you're going to kill over. So you haven't helped your child or yourself. There's a basic principle in that oxygen mask concept that really applies to every part of our life. If you don't take care of you, you're not going to do much good to anyone else. 
If you don't have your relationship with Christ intact, you're not going to do much good for anyone. If you don't focus on you in your marriage relationship, you're not going to be much good to that marriage. If you don't work on you as a person, you're not going to be much value to the company you work. If you don't, it just applies everywhere, right? It just applies everywhere. So in this context, I would say this. It is impossible for you to love like Christ if you can't love you first. It is impossible for you to speak like this if you can't speak words of life over yourself first. I believe it. And the reason why I believe it is because Jesus said it. He was having a conversation with a religious leader at that time who they were constantly trying to snare him, constantly trying to trick him, constantly trying to get him to say something that would say, ah, he is a blasphemer, he is a false teacher, whatever. So in Matthew chapter 22, this, this very astute religious leader says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? We're going to get him on this one. How's he going to pick? And Jesus goes right to the heart. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I agree with that. Pretty easy. Second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus puts a qualification on how we're supposed to love people. And the interesting gauge that he puts in there is how we love us. So if you have a problem with yourself, you're not going to love your neighbor the right way. That's why I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can fix this because most of us come to Christ as damaged goods. Maybe I should change that statement and say all of us. We're all broken. We're all messed up. We all have stories. We all have that weird uncle, right? We all have... (laughs) Something in our family tree. We all have something in our story that is just bad. It messed us up. It caused us to to change the trajectory of our life. It caused us to alter our emotional state. It caused us to build up walls, defenses. It caused us to doubt who we are. It caused us to second guess our abilities and our emotions. It created insecurities in us. It created this self-loathing sometimes in us. All of these, we're all people. We struggle with this. Jesus sets a bar, a very clear bar. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's the greatest commandment of all. The second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't just say love your neighbor. He set a bar. You can't be everything that God wants you to be if you can't be healed yourself. If you can't speak words of life over your own life, then you cannot speak words of life over your neighbor. If you can't love you like Christ loves you, you can't love people like Christ loves people. I hope this is resonating with someone today because this is intense. <laughs> this is a life-changing reality. Where do we get the words that we speak over ourselves? Where do they come from? Why whenever I make a mistake, I say things like, I'm such an idiot. Why do I say things like, oh, if it's going to be done wrong, I'm going to do it. Why do we say things about ourselves? I'm always messing things up. I'll never get it right. I'm just a loser. Where do these things come from? I tell you where they come from. They come from the places that they should not come from. They come from our families. They come from our parents. They come from teachers. They come from pastors. They come from people in our lives that carry some sort of uh, authority figure or, or authority position, someone that you look to with some level of respect. Those are the people that speak things over us that cause us to forever believe those things that were spoken over us. Past life experiences 
cause us to believe things about ourselves that are not true. Things that happen to us cause us to accept truths that do not belong to us, but they have been placed on us and we have chosen to accept them and believe them. I'm telling you today, words matter. Words matter. I find it interesting that when the scripture begins the whole picture of God and his relationship with mankind, it starts with this. In the beginning was the word. So at the very essence of who God is, word is the key. Word then became flesh, the Bible tells us, and then we see Jesus Christ. So it's when I say words matter, I'm not just thinking that, you know, words, I'm saying words matter. They carry spiritual impact. We already said this once, the mouth speaks what the heart is filled with. If you're constantly degrading yourself and beating yourself up verbally in front of other people, it's not funny, it's terrible. Because what the heart is telling you, the heart is filled with this self-doubt and this position that you are less than someone else. And that is not God's plan for you. So how do we change this? We have to reboot the way we think. We have to change the voices that we're listening to. We have to pick and choose what we choose to accept as truth over us. (laughs) My wife has learned this technique. When we're in an argument, it only happened three times in 26 years, but... In one of those three times, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We were having, you know, we get these arguments, and I'll say something hurtful, something harsh, and she'll say, you know what, I don't accept that. Oh, it makes me really happy. <laughs> it's like pushing the button, right? She says, I don't have to accept that. That's not who I am. And it's so true. But we accept words that are spoken over us because of the position sometimes of, from which they've been spoken. And so we own it, and we don't have to own it. The Bible says, Paul, in Romans, he's talking about how we're changed. It says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? Who are you believing? What words are you allowing to resonate inside of you? And you identify with those words as that is who I am. I would like to offer this to you. We have to listen to what God says about us. In Psalms 139, it says that his thoughts towards me are precious and great is the sum of them. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus talking, he said, the very hairs of our heads are numbered. Mike and I get no attention. (laughs) Romans 8, things work for good because I love Jesus. First Peter, I am chosen. Listen to this. I am chosen. I am royal. I am holy and special. Ephesians chapter 1 says, I am chosen and without blame. Ephesians chapter 2 says, I am his workmanship created for good works. There's a purpose. These words are spoken over us and we can either choose to believe them or we can choose to believe the lies that we have allowed to, res- uh, to re- resolve and, re- and reside within our hearts and we echo those things and our heart is filled with all these inadequacies and these doubts and these fears and we're verbalizing those things. So if we can't speak the right words over ourselves, how can we possibly speak the right words over others? And speaking over others, to others, we get to choose whether it's going to be life or death because it's in the tongue. Luke chapter 6, verse 31, everybody knows this. Do to others as you would have them do to you. 
there's not much that you can wiggle out from under <laughs> on that scripture. It doesn't say wait till somebody does something nice to you first. It doesn't say wait till someone says something nice to you first. It just says do to people like you wish people would do to you. So if you like people being nice to you, then you be nice to people whether they're nice to you or not. Right? It's, it's what we have called the golden rule. It's what we, we have touted as a way of life or a, an icon or a marker of how to be, how to conduct ourselves and how to live. So when you're talking about speaking to people, weigh it against that. Honestly admit to yourself just how much good positive words and life-giving words resonate to you. And if, if, if that matters to you, then take that and give it forward. Pay it forward. Speak over someone who is, is not having a good day. This, this gift of words of life that you have received, make sure you're giving that out. I ran across another quote that is amazing. It says, be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. <laughs> be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. And let me tell you something. If it's sweet in here, it'll be sweet out there. You know, and, and think about it. Think about it. Don't just say words. You know, they're an idiot. You know, they're annoying me. They're stupid. Whatever those words are, stop because those words are resonating in someone's heart and someone's mind. And I want to ask this question because the part we speak over ourselves is important, obviously. But it's also very important how we treat other people, right? Because don't you agree that in many cases we're the example for Christ? If we say we're a Christian and we say we're a Christ follower and, and we don't act like it, then people say, well, you're some Christian, right? So we realize that our life is a story. People are watching it. People are listening. People are seeing how you conduct yourself. I would have this question to us today. Do our words back up our stories? Do our words back up our stories? What's... What has God done in your life? What's he, what's he pulled you from? What's he saved you from? What, what blessing has he given you that has made you the person you are today? If you think about the goodness of God but yet in, in your own life, but yet you cannot reflect that goodness through the words you speak, what testimony are you? What testimony am I? What are we really if our actions don't line up against what is in our heart that we believe? The little fish icon on the bumper only goes so far. At some point, you've got to live up to it. James said it this way, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. James was on a roll in this chapter. Like his pen was on, his quill was on fire. But it's true. Nobody likes the person that professes something and acts something different. Everybody considers that to be a hypocrite or a fake or they're not real. You see how they act, but they, they say they're something else. This is what really tells the story. Being different in our speech is not just, okay, we're nice people. No, it's so much bigger than that. It's really telling the story that, of Christ in our own personal life. If I say I'm a Christ follower and my mouth does not share that concept, then people will doubt my following Christ, right? It won't be real. It'll be fake. It'll be an imitation. It'll be a weak connection. But if my words speak life to people, we've all experienced what it's like to be around that person that always makes you feel good. You know, when you're around them, they make you feel like you're the only person in the room. They always say positive things. They always are encouraging. Even when you're having a bad day, they just make you feel better. They just, the words they say 
breathe life into you. That is what being different in our speech is all about. Don't be like everyone else when it comes to this. Let the Holy Spirit get a hold of this thing that nobody can tame and let words come out that breathe life into people. What if you were the only person that said to someone, I believe in you, and they've never heard those words their entire life? We all hear these stories. We all know these things happen. We get a rude cashier, and we immediately say something kind. (laughs) We get the rude cashier, and we have things to say, a lot of legitimate things to say. A lot of pointers that we're just helping them out with, right? We could do so so many things that we could say to help. But what if, I'm sorry, you must be having a bad day. I hope it gets better. You're doing a great job. I know you're having a tough time. I mean, this is is basic stuff. You know, you have a frustrating situation. Let me tell you something about raising kids. This is the great wisdom of Andrew Garrison coming out right here. Tell you something about raising kids. They will find that button that you did not even know you had. And not only will they find it, they will do this on it. (laughs) And you will lose your mind. And words will come out of your mouth that you were like, why am I talking to my offspring like this? Have you ever left one of those uh, parent-child moments thinking, I just should not have said all of those things? And what's really bad about that is those words that you think are just in the heat of the moment. Somehow, I don't know how we're wired, but somehow those are the ones they remember. You can tell them you love them all day long, but if you say something in that moment that's derogatory or or, or harsh, that's the one they'll tell their counselor about when they're 30. (laughs) Right? That's what will happen. That's exactly what I, I don't know how we work. But that is what burns the imprint on our mind. That is why biting your tongue, (laughs) maybe that's not a good idea because we wouldn't have tongues if we bit them all the time, but holding that, that those words that could be spoken in such a moment, an annoying spouse, I mean, there are no kind of argument like that of a husband and a wife. I mean, we can just get it on. And words can come out and you're like, why would I tell someone that I love? Why would I say that to them? But in the heat of the moment, man, they are just fire, flame, hellfire, and brimstone. I mean, like, I am burning down thousands of acres of forest with this mouth, right? He's just coming out. What would happen if in those heated moments we chose to let the Holy Spirit change our speech? Just change our speech. Now, this, it's no wonder that James said if, If someone can control their tongue in every situation, they're perfect. Because I think the only person that fits this category died, rose from the dead, and is now in our hearts. (laughs) I don't know anybody else that has mastered that particular state. And that's not the point. Worship team, you guys can come. It's not the point of being perfect. It's not the point of nailing this to the point where you never make a mistake. Because we're human. We fail. He starts off the passage by saying, I know that we all stumble. So let's just set the record straight. We all will struggle with this. The difference is how bad are we pushing it? How bad are we chasing it? How different are we really trying to be in the way we live 
the way we love, the way we give, and the way we speak. How different are we really? It's, it's expected to act certain way when someone does you wrong. It is expected for you to have words for someone that has had words for you. It is normal for you to be quick-witted enough to shut somebody down when you're in an argument. It is normal and expected for you to be able to address an issue when you've been uh, when something is not going the way you're su- you, you, it's supposed to go. Customer service, you're you're the customer, you're always right. Whether you are or not doesn't matter, but you're armed with that defense, right? You always have the ability to say something, and you're justified in doing it. But what Jesus is asking us is not normal. He's asking us to be different. He's asking us to be light in darkness. He's calling us to be salt in a bland world. He's calling us to to set a standard that causes people to be drawn to Him. Religion doesn't win hearts. Religion wins masses and cult followings. But Christ's following draws people because they see something different. Everybody can hear negative stuff spoken over them. Everybody can hear people speaking bad about them. You don't need someone to echo your worst fears. You need somebody to look at you and say, you know what, I believe in you. I think you're a great person. I believe that that God has put something in you that's worth shining. I believe you can make a difference in your family. I believe you can turn your marriage around. I believe you, child, will grow up to be something great one day. I believe you can make a difference in your life because you can start a path that's different from perhaps the path that I was on. Guard the words we speak because in them is the power of life and death. I'd ask you to stand with me this morning. It's not really a complex message here, folks. It's pretty straightforward. James did all the speaking. I just did the reading. He wrote these words a long time ago, and they carry the same weight today as they ever have. We have a responsibility. If we're following Christ like we profess we are, to be different. To be different. How we live, how we love, how we give, and how we speak to be different. Don't be status quo. Don't be normal. Be the change agent. Be the difference in somebody's life. Our prayer team is going to come and I would just invite you if you have anything you need to pray about. If you don't know Christ, I definitely invite you to come. Today's your day. I would like you to come. We would pray with you. We would love for you to start this journey of life change with us and walk this journey with us. None of us in this room have arrived. We are all sojourners. We are walking. We're trying to figure it out. We're tripping over the same uh, roots in the pathway. We're just trying to follow Christ. And this is what he's showing us to be different, to be a light, to make a difference in our world. So if you have anything you need prayer with today, I'm inviting you to come. But I want to close with this. Wise words again from King Solomon. Proverbs chapter 15. The soothing tongue is a tree of life. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Crushes the spirit. 
And let me tell you something about the human spirit. It is a fragile, fragile thing. And when the Holy Spirit is living in us and we have the opportunity to speak words that will nurture that person's spirit, that's when we know we're different. You know, this, this series, there's nothing easy in these four weeks. There's nothing easy here. And all it underscores to me is that I need Jesus to make it happen. It's the bottom line. I can't do it by myself. I want to win. I want to get even. I want to be the best. I need Jesus. All this, I need Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. You have a great week.